0: 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to speak something simple this morning. It's just a few thoughts on the body of Christ. The body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Begin reading at verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, healing by the same Spirit. To another working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble and are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given the given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, but there should, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Let's pray. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, your only begotten Son, that you would settle our hearts and, Lord, you'd settle us in your presence and help us to see everyone as set in the church, the body of Christ, for your honor and for your glory. So take, Lord, the word that has been even read into the ears of your people and let it drop into our hearts. We pray this morning we'll leave here encouraged by your word and even challenged by your spirit, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. The word body, B-O-D-Y, the word body is mentioned in our reading from verses 12 to 27, some 17 times. 17 times. You can get your pen and underline it when you go home, why not just do it as a study? and You'll find it's mentioned 17 times. Terms like the body. Notice, the body. That body. One body. The whole body are mentioned 17 times to emphasize a point that God wants to put across to each and every one of us this morning. In other words, the, the emphasize point speaks of unity. It speaks of togetherness, fluidity. It speaks of being energized and flowing in the Spirit that the body may be healthy, that the body may be effective and fruitful. I notice this, brothers and sisters. There's a difference in ministry here, not difference in importance. I want you to get that. God is pointing out to us there's a difference in ministry, not a difference in importance. It's about place in the body, not position, due to personality. I'll say it again. It's about place in the body of Christ, not about position due to personality of man. The body, the the word body, simply means the whole frame of a man, the whole frame of a woman. Collectively, the word body means a group of persons united by a common tie. A group of persons united by a common tie. In the Greek New Testament, the word for body is soma, Soma, and it means a group of persons or a body sound, a whole sound body. That's what it means, a whole sound body. And then it comes from a root word, which is so-so. Soma comes from the root word so-so, which means safe or to be saved. Okay, so when we're looking at the body of Christ, the Soma, it gives the idea of a well body a body that is well, a body which functions properly, a body which functions in good order and is in health, a healthy body. For example, a single lake, a pool of water, is a, a, is a body of water without break or division of land in the middle or any part of it. If you have a lake and it's broken up by a piece of land coming out, that body of water can be split into two And it gives the idea of body as here is the body, one lake of water, one pool of water, undivided, not separated, flowing together, serving its purpose and working well. The word soma for body is the same the right way through the New Testament. If you get uh, your Strong's Concordance or You look it up online or wherever way you do it and you'll find that the word body is the same the whole way through. In other words, in the new covenant, God wants you to see that in Christ. There can only be one fluidity of the Spirit, united and working well and fruitful. The Apostle Paul says of the Lord Jesus in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 that he is the head of the body, the church. So now we know that body is the church. Paul says that Christ is the head. There's no other head of the church. There's no minister of the head of the church. Christ alone is the head of the church. Yes, there is headship in the church where we need leadership, but there is no other head but Christ. And he is the head of his own body. If your head tells you to do something, if your head is leading you into action, moving of your limbs, it's the same. Christ is our head. We are his body on the earth. The common tie you and I have is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, stay with me. Christ expects his body to be so-so. He expects his body to be saved, to be safe. If you're not saved, you're not in the body of Christ. It's as simple as that. If someone isn't saved, they can't say, I belong to Christ, because they're not in the body. The body of Christ are a group, a body of people who are saved people, people who are born again, people who have come to the cross, who have bowed in repentance, people who have claimed lordship of Christ, who have surrendered themselves in their lives. You see, that's the difference between uh, religion and organization. This is relationship then. And so-so is the saved. Christ's body is a saved body. It's not a denominational body. The church of Christ, the church of God, is worldwide, it's global, it's universal. In fact, the word Catholic, many people shun at the word Catholic because they think of Roman Catholicism, but the word Catholic simply means a universal church. And so the church is Catholic in the sense that it is universal. That is the blood church that is universal. So you and I are what we would call the local expression of the body of Christ in Donnaclone. In other words, you are the body of Christ, but there's other places around here who are a local expression of the body of Christ. And so when we are all together, we're all one body. And we're one body here as we worship Christ this morning. Notice this. Christ expects his body to be unified or he can't flow freely through it. It's as simple as that. Christ expects his body to be in unity, or he cannot bring fruit from it. And so it's unity and fluidity of the body of Christ, the members of the body, working together in partnership. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, Paul says again, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Notice, Paul says you're the body of Christ and members in particular. One body, many members. I'll say it again. We are one body, many members. So obedience, unity, and flowing, working well together in the Spirit is what Christ expects from His church, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. Let's read this. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. The God that works in your heart is the God that works in mine. The God that convicts the sinner of sin is the God that convinces me of my ways. He's the same God who works all in all. Notice diversities of gifts in verse 4, but the same spirit. Differences of administrations in verse 5, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but the same God in verse 6. The word here for diversities and differences is actually the same. It's the same word. And it's the word diiresis. But why would you put diversities, differences, and diversities? I think if I'm right, uh, maybe a revised version might have it all in the same word. But it doesn't need to have the same word because there is a slight difference there. For example, the word for diversities means the idea of division. And it's a noun which means apportionment and allotment. Now listen to this. You've got to get this. The idea to be diverse means although we are to flow in, flow together in unity and in love and in oneness, although we are to be together as one body moving, the idea here we now have a division. The Spirit brings a certain division. And what do I mean? The word diversity here means he brings an allotment to you. He gives you an allotted or an apportionment to every single believer. So that means we're different. So we're different, but we're one in Christ. Ministry is different. You're different, everyone from another, but one in Christ. So our diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And we know that he mentions the diversities of the gifts of the Spirit as we go on down. Verse 5, he says, There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And the, the word here, as I said, is the same, it's, uh, but it gives the idea of something slightly different. It, uh, the word diis, uh, resis, comes from two words one which means dea, which means apart, and the other one is to take, to take apart. So God, he says, whenever he looks at you and he sees me, he knew us from before the foundation of the world and he says, I know what I'm going to do with him. I know the plan I have for him and I know the plan I have for her. And so when that starts to come into fruition, God starts to set, as it were, the wheels in motion in our life and he gives us our allotment, our appointment, as it were. I remember when I was growing up as a wee boy in, in Belfast and, you know, we had... We had no gardens. You know, I told you before, that was our front window. Here was our garden wall, and this was the curb. You could have done that and wrapped our window. You know, we had no gardens, front or back. We lived in a little terrace house in, in the back streets of Belfast, and there was nothing really much about them to them. Uh, but in certain areas, you had an allotment where people were given a parcel of land to, to, to be able to grow potatoes if they wanted or, or whatever you wanted to grow out of them. Now, remember my dad, he, he applied for this allotment and, and he got the allotment and there was another, there was an area here, there was a fence and there was allotment beside that and allotment beside that. And he was given a certain amount of land where he could spend time to go and do that little bit of Belfast farming And about 50 feet of land or something. I don't know what size it was. But that's your allotment. You see, my dad worked that allotment. He didn't work the neighbors, but he would have given a hand if the neighbor or or anywhere around the neighbors, they became a community together where they help one another, but they give a hand in their allotments. And so the Holy Ghost brings you into your allotment. And someone else has their allotment. And another person has their allotment. But yet they're all together and they give a hand where it is needed in their allotment. But you are specifically given your allotment, your walk with Christ in the Spirit. To cultivate and to grow and to bear fruit in it. And so the Holy Ghost does this in the church. And yet they're, we're, it's to come together for one is for the benefit of all the allotment. So the, the, the diversities and the differences, let me put it like this diversities is allotment, differences is appointment, diversities are apportionment, differences enablement. So God gives you what he has for you and then he enables you to be able to work it. God doesn't give you something and then say, now, do your best and try what you can and after this, you know, it's all up to you. No, his spirit gives you the enablement. God will not ask or exact anything off you that he's not due, that you cannot do. So every time he calls, he doesn't qualify, He doesn't call the, oh, those who are qualified. God doesn't wait to see how qualified you are in a calling. He doesn't wait to see how good you are before you're saved. Neither when you're saved does he wait to see how qualified you are for what he wants you to do. Because you and I would never be qualified. You and I would never be able to carry out the work that he has for us. In fact, he leads us a step-by-step. Step. It's, it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, until we come into the fullness of our calling. And we start ro- getting the feeler right, as it were, and turning over the land and turning over the soil, and the, the blood, sweat, and tears come until the time we, we sow the seed. We wait and we watch and we say, when is it coming forth? And sometimes the harvest isn't as good as what we thought, so we do it the next season all over again. We learn more tactics and more ways to go and what to do with these things. God brings us through like that. And we see here that that whenever we are looking at at what God is, is doing with us, we say, I can't. Listen, if God has called you to it, he'll equip you in it. It's as simple as that. Now listen, if God has called you to it, he will equip you in it. He doesn't call you because you're qualified. He qualifies the called. In other words, once he brings you to it, he equips you in it. So we have diversities as the allotment, differences, the appointment. I've appointed this for you and I'm enabling you. So it's the is the apportionment, differences is the enablement. You are more able to do something else than someone else. And you may be less able than someone else doing their allotted work or plan that God has for them. Whatever the ministry is that God has called you to, do it with all your heart. And be faithful in it that God will use you, that God will increase it. But we must remember this. This is not a lone wolf. This is not one of these mavericks who carry it out on their own. No friend, no brother, sister. This is what it is. It's the body of Christ working together. It's the body of Christ in unity and blessing. It's the body of Christ bringing our gifts and our talents and our abilities and our enablements which God has given to us and bringing our allotments together and saying, herein is the body of Christ in the service of the kingdom. And that's what the body of Christ is all about. We have different functions, we have different ministries, but we are led and we are driven by the same power. Notice what it says, verse 4, the same spirit. Verse 5, but the same Lord. Verse 6, the same God which worketh all and all. Verse 7 But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. The Spirit of God isn't given to the church for any other reason but to profit. Now, sometimes we think profit has to be it always as nice, and sweet flowers and rosy. No. The Spirit of God will convict, the Spirit of God will challenge, the Spirit of God will drive. But it's always the prophet. We sang there, I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. And when the Spirit speaks to us and says, See, you haven't given this over, see, you haven't done this, or you haven't put that right, or you haven't been there, or whatever it is, I, I could list an amount of things that we could all look at, but whatever the Spirit speaks to us right at this moment, then we say, Well, Lord, what will I do? If you don't put it right, there's no fruit. If we don't do and yield our hearts to where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do, then there's no moving forward. The Lord will not bless that which we are not yielding to. We can't expect God to bless our lives and our ministries and our homes. We can't expect God to bless our assembly here. We can't expect God to bless anything that we put our hands to save we are yielded fully, completely and sold out for Christ. That's all God blesses. God doesn't bless your will. People say, why my will to do this and God and my desires was to do this and God blessed it. No, he doesn't. He blesses his will. It's his will. And Christ alone deserves his will to be done. When you and I get saved, our 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 bodies, as it were, were nailed, our old men, our natures, as it were, were nailed to the cross. We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20. God blesses that which he has ordained. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 11. Listen, dividing to every man severally as he will. God gives to us as he wills. He is the head who distributes as he wills. Look at verse 18. But God hath set the members every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. As it hath pleased him. Brothers and sisters, here's what I would say to you this morning. Be pleased with your allotment. And work in it. And when it bears fruit, God may just increase your allotment or God may bring you to a new one. Be pleased in your allotment. Don't look for anything greater than where God has you, but rather worship him in it and see what he does with it. The essence of the Holy Spirit is in heaven, and he's here on earth. He's the great eternal spirit. The essence, and listen, First John chapter 2 and verse 20, John says, ye have an unction from the Holy One. So the unction of, that's in your heart to be able to do this is from the Spirit of God, and he will equip you. He will enable you. No matter what life throws at you, No matter what happens to you, no matter what this world will bring upon you, no matter the trials that you'll come under, listen, things may be stripped right off you. But nevertheless, brothers and sisters, and you keep it like this, and you remember this, that if you are Christ, you are the body of Christ, you're a member of his body in particular. Notice the word particular. In other words, you're not just a blase member. You're not just a fleeting afterthought of God. You are a purposeful member of his body. And he knows you no matter how low you feel you are in that body. Be pleased with the allotment as you sit now and God may be just about to open up something different for you. To bring you into further blessing. See, yielding our spirit to his will as it pleases him when we yield ourselves severally as he wills, and we say, Lord, this is as you will. I don't like it, this place I'm at. I don't like this, this ministry. I thought that would have been different by now. I'm working with the children or the youth or or, or, or with kingdom kids or, or whatever it is, Lord. I thought this would have been happening by now in the ministry. Whatever it is, maybe you're thinking something different altogether, but where, whatever it is and wherever you are, praise God in the allotment that you're in. And praise him that he's equipping you in your appointment. And say, thank you, Lord, that I'm here in the body of Christ, saved, washed in the blood, forgiven of my sin. And see what God does when he equips you in that. For there's the blessing, because it's as severally, dividing, severally as he wills, and as it pleases him. And when you and I complain and murmur and argue and press and pressure as it were against God then what we find is we are not yielding our spirits to his will and as it pleases him but when we yield ourselves to his will and as it pleases him there is the blessing then fruit starts to come listen things may come to your life and you'll say I don't know what I'm going to do things may be happening in your life and you say well I don't know what we're going to do about this listen I have them too But I can tell you one thing. I say, Lord, then this is my allotment. I know you're sovereign. I know you're completely in control. Then if this is my allotment, you'll give me the appointment and you'll give me the enablement and I will be able to walk in it. I'll be able to live in it. And fruit will come from it. It's yielding our spirits to his will and as it pleases him that counts in our lives. We we lose sight of these things. And it's not as we will, but as he wills. Notice the word "the word administrations" here. Notice what it says in verse five: there are differences of administrations. The the word "administrations" simply uh, means service. Service. How's your service for Christ? Have you been faithful in it? Have you took it up and then dropped it off again? just because something's come into your heart and into your life, because of a trouble or an anguish or a hurt. That's not service. Service is continuing on in that which God has given you and not being able to go or move or do anything else unless he opens the door to further you on. That's service. In other words... Most people think that coming into ministry, well, wouldn't that be great to be up and be preaching from the pulpit? I can tell you, this isn't easy. You guys are up during the last couple of weeks. You know it's not easy. Every message you get, you know, some, you some, are well, well used to me by now, but, but you know, some people want a 15-minute sermon and you have studied half a week for it. And you've carried it in your mind, even if you're out driving, it's going around your mind. You're driving up the road, it's in your mind. You're walking out, it's in your mind. Wherever you are, it's in your mind, it's in your heart. When you get into the house, you're back in the study because you can't release it until you get here. And, that's, and sometimes you say, Lord, I want to stop this. This is driving me insane. I'm being honest with you. This is driving me insane. I can't contain this any longer. And until it's released, you can't get any relief. But you see, services uh, services that when you release that, you realize you're going to do it again. It's the same in children's work. And the hassles come with the youth work. With 35 youth went to uh, Mark at Hillelum with Ian and, and the leaders. Is that right, Ian? About 35 of you went on Friday night. I'm sure sometimes with some of the headaches, Ian would like to turn around and say, uh, I'm, I'm sick, I'm staying indoors doors tonight. My head's away with it, you know. Christina, the kids, and I could go on and on and on, I don't want to leave anyone out, but ministry is about being where you are, and despite the obstacles that's in your face, that comes against you, saying Lord, if it's your will, uh, then I'm going through it. And service is continuing on in it, in spite of what comes against you, until God opens the door for you to move somewhere else, or do something else. Service isn't, well you know, I'm a wee bit busy, so I'm just going to drop that. It's not service. So for the manifestation through the manifestation of the Spirit in the body of Christ, the church. Listen, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 says, for the body is not one member, but many. One body, many members. We are one body, but you are many members. You're not the same. You're not the same. Your ministry, your calling, your gifting is not the same. But don't be jealous over another's calling, gifting, or ministry. But rather, where you are, say, Lord, I'm, I'm just a part of your body. I'm, I'm so pleased. I want to serve you with all my heart in this. I want to give all that I have for this. And if this is all I ever have, then this is all I'll ever need. Shaking the hand at the door. Gordon is a ministry. Cleaning team with hands down toilet bowls is a ministry. (laughs) Ministry isn't always spiritual. Ministry isn't always gifts of the Holy Ghost. Ministry isn't always preaching. Ministry is wherever God places you in the capacity that you are. He says, I'll equip you in it. That's ministry. And service is continually faithful in it. He says, I'll give you the ability to do that. Brother, sister, this isn't, by the way, this isn't a, a condemnation, or I'm not trying to, to say anything wrong. You, you, you are great people. You are wonderful. You, you are faithful. But what I'm saying is, we need to always take a, a stock of where we are in our, in our allotment, in our service. For we are the body of Christ. Not only in here, but out among the people. Listen to what he says, verses 15, 16. If the foot shall say, "Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body," is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, "Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body," is it not therefore, is it therefore not of the body? In other words, this gives the idea that the foot feels of a lesser use. Listen, that the foot feels of a lesser use than the eye, and the ear of a lesser use. Or pardon me, the hand and the ear of a lesser use than the the eye. Now you and I, if someone were to say to you, you know, I want you to go and run a, and walk walk five mile or do a marathon. If you have no feet, you can't walk. You have great hands, but you can't walk. You see, the feet are very important. You know, when's the last time you went to someone though you see it, and you say, "You know, uh, pleased to meet you," and they took their socks and shoes off to shake your hand? It doesn't happen. <laughs> I know some feet I wouldn't go near them, but it doesn't happen. So the foot feels of lesser, and maybe you feel like you're the foot. Listen, do you know if, if, if you had your big toes cut off, you would have very poor balance? Do you know that? It's the big toe that gives you strength in your balance for your walking and standing. Just the toe. That's how important it is in the body. And the idea is here is that the foot, maybe you feel like you're the big toe. Maybe you feel like you're the foot. how important is that that God has placed your big toe and he has fashioned your big toe and your foot that you'd be able to balance and be able to walk you see and if you don't have that you can't and so is the body of Christ Paul says look the hands they're more visible the feet here he says well they're on the ground you know they're probably covered in dust and dirt then with wearing sandals but now well they're a little bit more covered up but a bit sweaty maybe you know when we were in, when we were in the conference, there was a man, another man preaching. There was two of us take, took the whole conference, and he's a real straight, hard talker. And he called him—he was a, a football coach, and you call him Coach Dave. And he's got a ministry called Pass the Salt. This guy doesn't listen, hit the wall. He's a typical ah, no coach, and and he, he he wears a baseball cap with a cross on it. And he had ones to give away. Our girl's got one each, and he says, see this hat? And he was sweating in it. It was the last one that he had with him, and he, he stuck it on Ellie's head. And he says, don't worry, that's the anointed one, you see, because the sweat was on it. Well, I was going to say to him afterwards, do you want some of my anointed socks? I don't have anointed hats. <laughs> See the fruit isn't lesser. And listen, brother and sister, wherever you are, the allotment you've been given, whatever it is in God, it doesn't mean to say that you. you as I said, you see the preacher up preaching, and this looks like the glamorous, but believe me, it isn't. This is the place where everybody gets the flak. This bit, this is where you get the, the flak from. You may feel you're the toe or the foot of the body but you're as important as the hand. You may feel you're the hearing, but you can't see visually, as it were, spiritually enough. But you're no no less uh, being an ear or an eye than one another. We all need to realize we're different. We have different callings, and no matter how low it feels, you are part of the body. We're all part of it. Paul says in verse... But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Then Paul gives us later those whom he set in the body to be able to equip the body. He says in verse 28, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And he asks us: Are we all apostles? Are all prophets? Or all teachers? All workers of miracles? Have all gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He says, "No." Now notice this. He says, "But covet earnestly the best gifts." What are they, Paul? He says, "And yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, or love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal." He says, "Love." 1 Corinthians 6 and 15 Paul says know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an (laughs) harlot I'll never forget that scripture I'll tell you why maybe a year or two ago I got a, a message through online from a woman with a pseudonym didn't want me to know who they were I think i know who they are but anyway confessing as though i was a priest to them about how they had been unfaithful to their husband and were they that wrong that god would not forgive them and i said of course god will forgive them forgive you but you need to get right with your husband I said, you've done the dirty day you better get right your husband and this conversation kept going back and forward then they got personal with me and I said I need to bring my wife in on this because it was getting sexually personal and I said I can't online I can't do this and I brought my wife in and she read it and I wrote that scripture to this person who was getting on and coming off with more and more things I says, would you take yourself, would you bring Jesus to where you're going with this man? Would you bring Jesus and do what you're doing with this man? Because if you're in the body of Christ, that's what you're doing. As the body of Christ, and members in particular, if you okay sin, God will not flow through you. So wherever we take our bodies, keep it in your senses, keep it in your mind, let it be in your heart and inscribe that wherever you are, however you are, whatever you're saying, whenever you're backbiting or talking, whatever you're doing, God is listening because you're bringing Christ into that conversation. of you're hurting others. You're bringing Christ into that conversation. We are the body of Christ. We need to be unified in Christ. I'm finishing with this. And I'll not read it. You can read it when you go home. Mark it down. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And you can read from verses 24 to 30 later. But it's the parable of the man who's uh, leaving to go away to far country. He gives um, Talents out five, two, and one talents to three servants. When he returns, five has gained five, two has gained two, one has, as it were, buried it and done nothing with it. But it's the ones who traded with it the five and the two. You'll read it in verses 21 and 23. This is their end result. Notice. He says, "'Well done, thou good and faithful servant.'" Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Will you say a few things? A few things. Will you say it again? A few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Will you say many things? Many things. One more time, please. Many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, we hear it all the time. Gospel preaching. Uh, And I'm not saying anything against that. But it's, oh, and the Lord will say to you, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Does he? He says, you're good and faithful. You've been a servant. And then he says, you've been faithful over a few things. He says, that small thing which I've given you, were faithful in it. He says, now. He says, I'm giving you many. Now, brothers and sisters, I've taught you this I'm here over eight years now, and I've taught you this from I've been here on certain occasions, and I'll say it again: Salvation is by grace through faith, and not of yourselves, as a gift of God, and not of works lest any man should boast. But do you see, as the body of Christ, you and I, as the body of Christ, will stand before the bema seat of Christ, and we will be judged according to our works for service. And we will receive reward or loss. Not salvation loss now, but reward or loss according as we have served Christ in this life. Now, brothers and sisters, why do I tell you that? I tell you because I love you. I tell you because I love you. And I mean that because I want you to do well in the kingdom. I tell you because I love you. Manuel will say, Well, sure, we're going to go, and what if it matters if, if I'm in the kingdom and I'm a, a street sweeper in heaven, I'm all right? Well, you don't want to be a street sweeper here for the length of time you're here. Why would you want to be one for eternity in heaven? Think about it. We're the body of Christ, unified as one but members in particular. You're different than the person beside you. Your ministry is different than theirs. Where you are, glorify God in it and see what he does with it for his glory. God bless his word to all of us. Time is flowing.